Welcome, everybody, to the Joe Random Sports Podcast, the famous name from MLB The Show Career Mode started a group of fantasy leagues years ago. And today, we gather with longtime Joe Random, Stephen Thayer and Matt Ramirez to talk all things sports with other Joe Randoms. Our special guest this show is the editor, Nathan Jason Wilmer Stripling Kuzbari, a three-time Joe Randoms champion, a diehard Packers fan, making his third appearance on the show. We hope you enjoy, and remember, just keep swishing and don't strike out. All right, welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast. Stephen Thayer, Matt Ramirez, alongside the editor, Nathan Wilmer Kuzbari, I think is the appropriate nickname for this show. Uh, Nathan, first of all, I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I, I I'm, I'm glad to see that you're alive and you're well. Um, just uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. Are, how are you? Are you, you doing all right? Yeah, you know, Stephen, I think in life it's all about perspective. Um, you know, obviously it's very hard to compartmentalize what happened to the Packers on Saturday because in reality, uh, we, we were the best team in the NFL, but we didn't prove it on Saturday. Um, and, and so for us, it, it's just a major disappointment because we've had so many opportunities to win Super Bowls. We probably should have had two or three more by now, if you really think about it. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. It, things always work themselves out the way they should. And the way I see it is that if we do move on to Jordan Love, who knows? We, 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 we The proof is in the pudding as to – you know, what he could be. Um, he definitely has the talent. So honestly, I, I think the coaching staff is, is fine. The only thing we need to do major changes wise is to fire the special teams coordinator, because we had those issues the entire year and we never fixed them. So that ultimately costed the Packers on Saturday. And it, it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame. I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably never get over this loss, but uh, that, that's with a lot of playoff losses over the years. I mean, it's tough to to get over the hump, and uh, you know we just didn't perform the way we should. And honestly, I'll still remember this team with with good memories. Stephen A. cited it as the uh, Rogers' worst loss of his career, and I'm sure you're you're feeling the the burden of that. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, who were who were listeners to our podcast, we made a deal with Nathan before the game that uh, no matter what happens, we have to do a podcast Monday night. And if the Niners won, uh, the Niners would be able to roast the Packers as much as they wanted to. And if the Packers won, Nathan could roast Matt and I as much as he wanted to. Man, the banter was pretty strong all week. You know, Nathan, our, our rule is, uh, you know, if one of our – I think this happened, you know, we were 2013 or, the, the you know, the Kaepernick. And I think we agreed that we weren't going to text each other after the game no matter what happened. Because Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> we knew that we're just not going to, we're just not in a good place. And so I was legitimately concerned. I, I texted Davis and I was like, that's Nathan's roommate. I was like, is he okay? Like, and, and the Davis was like, it was rough, but he's doing better now. And I was just, like, Ooh. you so, know, it, it, it takes a few weeks to get over something like that. You know, it's, it, and especially with just the amount of storylines in the off season heading into the, you know, 2020 season, it, it, it's tough because it's like, you know, we, we obviously want Aaron Rodgers back. We want Devontae Adams back. We want all these guys back, but w- there's salary cap issues. So we have to deal with that. And, 
you, you know, we can't keep everybody. So it's just one of those things where it kind of felt like the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. And honestly, I, I, I really hope we can work something out for another year because I don't think Jordan Love is ready, quite frankly. Well, I think the big questions, and there is so much to unpack in this show today. Um, I mean, there's, it's, it's, uh, we're going to try to cram it all into an hour here, but we've got four excellent football games to get into and two really, really good championship games uh, to preview as well. And so much in between. I mean, again, there was a lot of banter leading up to the week. There's a lot of sound bites that I'm going to play for you guys throughout the course of the show. Uh, kind of going back to our around the horn episodes and some of the predictions that uh, everybody made. But uh, the question that everybody is already talking about, and we're going to continue to talk about for the next off season is, is Rogers done? Um, is, is Rogers retiring is, is because it's obviously the Packers are trying to do everything to bring him back, but it's a legitimate question. And Matt, you have a pretty interesting take on this. So I, I want to kind of, give you the the ball there and um, and let us know what you think about Rogers decision this offseason I do I, I think it was week 14 uh, week 15 I can't remember when we it was the second week I think of us doing this podcast um, and I'd thrown out the idea that Rogers is going to retire um, and I think the way the Packers dream season tragically came crashing down to an end uh, has a good good influence on what Aaron's going to do. I don't, I think losing this game makes him realize that he, Hey, I really don't need football. I'm a happy guy, regardless of if I have football in my life. And if I decide not to play for the 49ers, then I'm probably going to retire. So I think that's, what's going to happen. I I've been saying it for a few weeks now, and I really think Rogers is at a point in his life where he really doesn't need football uh, rides off into the sunset, goes and hosts jeopardy and, lives a great rest of his life maybe doing some football commentary that would be fantastic be, be better than his brother jordan rogers probably in the booth um yeah but the, nathan nathan's shaking his head at the niners comment yeah i mean I, I think you can't rule out the possibility of him retiring i mean he, he he's accomplished a lot throughout his career yeah a lot of people are going to say oh he didn't get the super bowls that he should have had well, I, I think he's still one of the most accomplished quarterbacks we've ever seen. And quite frankly, he's one of the best arm talents we've ever seen. Now, the, the fact that the best, yeah, he, he's the best. I mean, he revolutionized the game. I mean, you know, you had guys like Patrick Mahomes coming into the league, but, you know, really he was watching Aaron Rodgers and trying to emulate his game. And, you know, I, I think it's – he's had 17 amazing years in Green Bay, and I, I'm super thankful to have had – Brett Favre and Rodgers back to back like that. I mean, most franchises don't have that opportunity, but I think with Rodgers, yeah, last off season, he kind of got a taste of what retirement is like. And to your point, Matt, I think you do bring up uh, a good solid argument for him to, to retire because at this point, you know, if we can't get over the hump now, uh, when will we? How many more heartbreaks can a 37 year old take, right? Or what is he 38 now? I mean, he's, he's 38. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I could see maybe going to Pittsburgh where a team that's really win ready right now, but I don't know if they have the cap space for it. I don't know. Um, I, it, it's just, it's hard for me to see him coming back for another and run. The, and the thing is, is that they still have control over Aaron Rodgers because technically he signed through 2022. So there you go. Uh, 
so that means that they they can trade him to whatever team he wants to, but he's not. They're not going to trade him to an NFC team. I just don't feel that they're going to do that. They're going to trade him into the AFC like they did with Brett Favre. They traded him to the Jets, and so that we don't have to see him. Um, so I, I think it, if he does get traded, he gets traded to an AFC team. If he retires, he retires. But um, the third option would be obviously coming back. But that seems like the the less likely option at this point. What what's going to be different, you know, if he goes to another team, right? It's like the the Packers are one of the best constructed rosters, you know, this season. It's like it, it, they are, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the tricky part. It's like, okay, do you go to a team like the Steelers and the Broncos who are, have to win now, basically, because he's thirty eight? And I, I don't really see it with those teams, but you know, it, I think it's all it's all in Aaron Rodgers' hands now because he has all the power. He has the ability to go wherever he wants to. So I, here's one for you. I think you should go to an indoor team. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you don't have to worry about the playoffs. You're going to, you're going to, he's, he will throw up his 300 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I have that, uh, that quote from you, Kuz. I'm going to play that right now. In terms of the 49ers outlook, they're facing Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau field in frigid weather. Um, I, I don't see this as a close game, really. I mean, the Packers have a lot of guys coming back off injury. We have three Pro Bowlers coming back. I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he'll he'll probably throw 300 yards, four touchdowns. We're going to get the run game going, and um, I don't really see it as a tightly contested matchup. I think the Packers roll by maybe two touchdowns in this game. It's still going to be in cold weather. We have to deal with the cold, too, but... Uh, Packers way too much, way too talented. Uh, they, they've been primed for this run, and uh, I think they're they're going to run away with it. All right. So Nathan, three hundred yards and four touchdowns. I I think he, gosh, what did what did he have? He didn't even throw a touchdown, and you know, two hundred. I, I, Matt and I agreed we don't want to come after you too hard in this show. We know that that you dealt with a lot uh, of this 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 weekend, so. Um, you also said that your girlfriend was consoling you. That's good. She's turning into a Packers fan too. That's correct. Yep. She, she is. Um, she was actually in the room with me locked in my room. We were watching the game together. She was in a Packers shirt that I gave her and we, we, we watched and she was fully into it, like full on as I was. So, you know, it was very interesting to see that, but I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Matt, does your girlfriend follow football? She does a little bit. Uh, her dad's a Broncos fan. Obviously, I'm a Niners fan, so she's kind of split there, but okay, very casual. Um, I was going to say one more thing about the Rodgers stuff. Given the, the contract that he signed through 2022, I know the Packers want him back. Uh, I could see Rodgers retiring for a year and, and coming back later, um, you know, given he, he, like you said, you know, he's happy. He, he doesn't necessarily need football. You know, he's, He's fine. Rodgers is so good that he could take a year off, let his body heal, do whatever he wants to do. And he could, he could pull an Andrew Luck, but actually come back. And, um, or like a Gronkowski. Yeah. Gron- yeah. I bet yeah. maybe, maybe Gronkowski, um, you know, watching his look at the end of that game, it was sort of like, yep, typical. Like, here we go again. Like, it was almost like, yep, of course this happens to me. It was like almost like a smile. Um, he wasn't like upset. He wasn't really disappointed. He was more so like, all right, like is what it is, you know? And, and that told you so. 
Yeah, it wasn't like Drew Brees, you know, looking back, right? Everybody, you know, he looked back, <laughs> the meme. Um, it wasn't like that at all. And so I, I think that look tells me a lot. I think the, the, the one thing that is going to determine whether he comes back or not is how much he actually cares about his legacy, right? We, we talk about how great of a football player he is, one of the best football players ever. And he already has all that stuff. He has the ring. He has the money. He has the wins. He has the fame. He has literally everything he wants. And I think it's just a matter of how much do you care about your legacy? Well, I, I think he cares a lot about his legacy. He talked about it uh, in the lead up to the game this week that football legacy means everything to him. You know, he, he has put it, made it known that he, he wants to win another Super Bowl. And, and I think, honestly, that, that fuels him every day. I mean, he, he wouldn't be throwing 37 touchdowns and four interceptions this year if, if it wasn't, right? I mean, he, he wants to win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal. And because we've fallen up short, it's, it's been nagging him. It's, it's something that I think he can do with, he can still do with the Packers, but you know, it just depends on what, what happens in the off season. Really. He's going to make a suit, a, a quick decision in the off season. So I think that tells you a lot too. The um, Nathan, you talked, touched on the 37 touchdowns, four picks. And I think this is a good segue into my, second Aaron Rodgers theory and that being uh, his greatest asset in not turning the ball over turns into his greatest deficiency in the postseason. I think you look at some of the, the games that he's played and he hardly ever turns the ball over. I think last year he threw a pick against Brady um, and Brady threw two or three, I think three interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think the more conservative you get with the ball in the postseason, the more it can turn into hesitancy. And I think there's a little bit of that with Rodgers. I think when you look at a guy who's thrown 40 touchdowns, give or take a few in the last couple of years and less than five picks, you look at a guy who really values the football and you look at a guy who, at least in this 49ers game, he couldn't trust a single guy on his team besides Devontae. Um, There was the fumble by Lewis, uh, the fumble by Jones, and then he stopped. He just kind of stopped trusting anyone else, and he was forced feeding Devontae into double coverage. There was a play on the deep post to Devontae into double coverage that got broken up by the safety. Um, Lazard runs a deep dig right underneath the post, and he was uncovered, blown coverage on the by the right corner on the Niners. Um, he was wide open and just chucked it up to Devontae. So I think it gets into a point where there's a trust issue with him turning the ball over, and I think it's like – until this last few games where I've really kind of dove into Rodgers and figuring out why he doesn't win these playoff games. And I think it's a, he, he just doesn't take any risks with the football at all. And I think there's, um, there's value to that, but I really think that the lack of aggression and the lack of pushing the ball down the field and making plays and forgetting about the consequences, because at the end of the day, you look at Josh Allen, you look at Mahomes even Brady these days in this Bucks offense, like they're pushing the ball down the field. They're making plays. Let's say you throw a 30 yard interception. That's just like a crappy punt. So I don't, I think there's a little bit of handicap there from his um, unwillingness to put the ball into tighter windows with guys that he doesn't trust quite as much as Devontae. And so when you have special teams dysfunction, like a blocked field goal and a blocked punt, 
you know, typically you're, you're relying on Rogers to sort of pull you out of that. They were just team mistakes, including the, the hesitancy of uh, the conservatism um, for Rogers. The will- yeah, the willingness to take risks. And, and it, I, I saw it in the play calling too. It was almost like, you know, we got too conservative in the second, third quarter. And by the time we got to the fourth, we weren't making any adjustments. And I think that's what ended up happening. So let's let's dive into the game itself a little bit. I think that's a good segue too. Uh, let's not forget AJ Dillon, uh, your boy Quadzilla, got hurt and and the third quarter that, that was that, that was a huge loss because we couldn't pound the ball like we wanted to. He tore him apart. You know the the Niners' run is very very stingy, and they did a really good job of stopping the run, um, or at least a better job of the Packers stopping the run. You know it was close, but AJ Dillon was gashing us. So that was one thing, and then. Uh, the the tundra is a great neutralizer, and I was saying I didn't say this on air because we had the around the horn episode, but I said like, look, they're not going to win or lose because of the cold. You know, it's it's everybody's dealing with it. There, there's no such thing as home field advantage in zero degree weather. It doesn't matter if the players are used to it or, or whatnot. You know, we've seen the Packers go seven and eight uh, in, in playoff games since like Michael Vick tore them up. That to me took Devonte Adams' deep ball out of the game. Because if this was on a warmer situation or in an indoor stadium, they probably could stretch the field a little bit better, open up the, the playbook a little bit more. And, so. and we, 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 we did do that in September when we played the Niners because we were playing in good weather and we, we couldn't do that in, in the, the blizzard snow. Exactly. Niners also did a really good job schematically of doubling Devontae on after probably the third drive. I think they doubled him every single play. And I, I think that like, Devontae is uncoverable on man-to-man coverage, and you have to get two guys on him at least to give, give yourself a chance to stop him. And they showed, like, if you stop him, then Rodgers really wasn't comfortable throwing the ball to anyone else. We cannot undermine how good the Niners secondary was, the, the supposed weakest part of our team, yeah. you know, in, in the, the last however many years. And they completely shut him down, and that was with – Ambry Thomas being out. And I, I thought, great, you know, Dante Johnson's going to come in, you know, he's an experienced veteran. And of course, Aaron Jones just gashes some huge, huge coverage air. The end of the half could have, could have been the game right there. Right. And why did he, why, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but why did he not just bust tail and try to get to the end zone? He tried to like put a little hesitation move on the defender there. Almost That was one of that was one of the worst run after catches I've ever seen. I oh, thought he was gone. Yeah, inviting the contact. And I was I couldn't believe it. And I was like, great, we're going to lose this game because not Nick Bosa being out, not Trent Williams being out, Fred Warner out. No, it's going to be because Ambry Thomas is out. I'm like, oh, man. So, uh, no, secondary did a fantastic job on, uh, on Devontae Adams. I would like to – you mentioned his name. I would like to give a quick shout-out to Trent Williams. Probably the best offensive lineman season in recent history. Uh, the best play, probably my favorite play, not best, my favorite play I've seen. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> maybe the last, maybe since that Vernon Davis seam route touchdown was uh, the, the third or fourth and one, and Trent Williams is pulling as a tight end in motion yep. and destroys three people and route to a four-yard game. The man literally was a wrecking ball, and it was probably the most incredible lineman performance I've seen besides that he had one holding. But other than that, it was on 
a busted ankle, a pretty perfect game. Yeah. I, and we need him back. I, I mean, hopefully he's okay. Um, his x-rays came back negative, but man, what a force he is. I mean, the, the athleticism from that position, he, he had a tremendous season. I, I agree. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, a lot of guys got dinged up in that game. Um, AJ Dillon being a big one. Debo was kind of hobbling a little bit. Uh, Kittle was hobbling a little bit. Dante Johnson was hobbling. They had that play at the end with DJ Jones and Dante Johnson, which I, I think actually helped that they went down because in a way it sort of killed the momentum of, of Rogers kind of making a late drive there. Um, but let's uh, let's continue on with the game. Special teams, Nathan. I mean, we saw this against the bears on Sunday night, you and I, and us being special teamers for life. Like you cannot overlook that aspect of the game. I'm going to play a little clip of Matt and I predicting the special teams problems and errors. You look at all the teams that are in it still that are the quote unquote championship favorites. And really the only one with a questionable kicker right now is, is green Bay. Mostly I would say because of a holder situation, it's kind of some insight here, but they've gone through three holders this year. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I know that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, um, a unit failure more so than a Mason Crosby failure in my eyes. But, um, Yes, a little little tidbit there with the kickers. The Packers have had a lot of special teams issues this year, and those yeah. are sort of being glazed over. It's an area that I think, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, that the Niners may be able to take advantage of in Lambeau in a couple weeks, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for now. So special teams, Nathan. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you're right. They got to fire that guy because – like you, you cannot lose a game because of that. And we saw something that we never see, which was a blocked field goal and a blocked punt in the same game. And ten men on the field on the last play. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a persistent issue that I felt like it could have easily been correctable throughout the season. I mean, all you have to do is is go out and, and practice special teams. Like I, I mean, they probably did, but. In the end, I would assume, like, yeah, schemat- an NFL team probably schematically, teams. schematically, we we were not aligned the correct way. We didn't know how to block defenders when they were rushing inside. Like it was obvious, Jimmy Ward, nobody even touched him, and he he blocked the field goal. Like that's inexcusable if you're a professional athlete. And then the blocked punt. I mean, one guy bull rushing, and we can't block him. Like, come on, like that's that's inexcusable. It wasn't like everyone was coming right up the middle. There was only one guy really coming up the middle and then he happened to block the punt. Like, honestly, it's just super frustrating because all that stuff is so correctable and we do it in the worst possible time in, in the playoffs. Like that was, that was just so tough to see because of the amount of talent that we have both offensive and defensively. And it ended up being that the special teams cost us, you know, we probably could have had at least another six more points if it wasn't for the missed field goal and um, just, just poor clock management and just, just everything really. 32nd ranked special teams in the league. Um, And that's, that's crazy that it actually ended up getting them. It's the little things matter over the course of a season. Um, Shoot narratives change in inches. Um, I, I was like thinking of the Niners just losing almost about to lose to the Rams in week 18 
And now we're going to the NFC championship on the leg of Robbie gold. And I'm like, Holy cow. I mean, you go from a complete failure of a season to an incredibly successful season, no matter what happens after this. So just amazing. Uh, that was what I was going to say, Matt. Uh, you mentioned Shanahan schematically defensively. D'Amico um, Ryans uh, has done a fantastic job with this defense. We all thought, you know, losing Rob Sala was going to be a big problem. And Ryans is going to be warranting um, some interviews this offseason because he has done an amazing job with that defense, with that talent. I don't think we really have many holes and um, I think the, the credit goes to him with that front, getting pressure on Rodgers, uh, being able to effectively stop the run most of the season. Uh, so I got to give D'Amico credit for that. And then on the offensive end, I got to credit Shanahan for sticking with the game plan because they knew they wanted to run the football. The Packers knew it and they were stopping it. You know, I think the, the Niners, this game, I think they barely rushed for a hundred yards. It was the toughest hundred yards they've had to, they've had to earn all year. And uh, that's credit to Green Bay's defense with, you know, the getting Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander, Alexander back and getting those studs was huge. And I have to give him credit because Mitchell wasn't doing a whole lot. Um, they, they stuck with Debo and gosh, that third and seven, man. What a, what a play call. So Shanahan, Shanahan gets a lot of credit for sticking with his plan. He could have easily abandoned it after the one of the worst offensive first quarters I've ever seen. Nathan, we were talking earlier. I said I said a lot of this stuff throughout the week. This will be the last thing I'll, I'll say on the Packers. Uh, I, Regardless of my uh, picking uh, reasons why I pick certain teams, uh, the Packers are better at quarterback, better at running back, better receiver, better on defense, better in the secondary. But my gosh, when it comes down to it, they got a heart of a champion and they pulled it out. And that's really all you can ask for as a guy like Jimmy G um, to lead this team into the promised land. And um, a guy who's really earning my respect because when you win games as a quarterback, Stephen, we were talking about, he's had, uh, his last two playoff games, he, he hasn't thrown a touchdown and he has two picks um, and they're both, both wins. So for Jimmy to go through all that and them to still be a winner, I think they beat the Packers one time out of 10, but I think that one time would have happened no matter what. See, I, I don't agree with that. I a hundred percent don't agree with that. Mainly the reason is because our special teams costed us. So if you look at Jimmy T's stat line, 11 of 19, 131 yards and a pick, that's terrible. That, that's not even that good. I mean, he wasn't the reason why the Niners won. The reason why they won was because our special teams failed us. Because that's of the heart of the, the champion. And yeah. the reason why I say that they would probably win more than one out of ten times, even though their roster only stacks up to win one out of ten times, is because Jimmy played – Jimmy had zero yards half, three quarters of the way through the second quarter, and they still won. That's it, how much better the Niners are mentally and execution-wise than the Packers. Packers shrunk when they needed points. Niners figured out a way to get the ball in the end zone. They had no, they had no offensive touchdowns. So how is that putting that the ball in the end zone? The ball went in the end zone. Did points not go on the scoreboard? Did you guys did, do it? But it was because of special so. teams. I didn't yeah, think we, so. Exactly. We There's three phases of the game. There's three phases. <laughs> offense, defense, special teams. You could argue there's a fourth in coaching. And Matt LaFleur shrinks down like a – you know what? And Kyle Shanahan lets him hang on his legs. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it's about, boys. That's football right there. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> right, I'm done. I'm done. No more Niners talk for I me. Mean, That's all I have. Ne- next week they got the Rams, who beats a team three times in a row in one season. Doesn't happen that we'll often. S- we'll so. see. How is the Packers game going to be from the couch? Oh. <laughs> Woo! How's it going to be when the Niners aren't in the Super Bowl and you lose to the Rams? Who are going to host the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl? Got to play another game. I'm cool is with that, it. Is that what you want, Nathan? I mean, don't you want the Niners to go and win the Super Bowl now, given like the Packers lost to the best team? Like, I mean, that's what I'd be pulling for. Or is the rivalry? But too- they're not the best team. The Packers are the best team. We just didn't play and come <laughs> out on. They just lost. If you win, you can play Super hypotheticals Bowl, every single team. game. But we proved we were the best team throughout the regular season, and we had one bad game, and it ended up costing us. So, uh, How many teams could you say that about? Through the whole, like, what are we talking about here? The best team does not necessarily mean talent. It's execution. It's sports psychology. It's coaching. It's motivation. And, and that's what a Super Bowl winner is. And so whoever wins the Super Bowl, you know, maybe if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, yeah, sure, the Packers have a, a better uh, roster. But – doesn't mean that they're the best team, you know. So that's just just something I thought of there. And I also have a soundbite, Matt, of uh, you know you asking me about Dak or Jimmy. Like Dallas, better watch out. I mean, first of all, look, I like Dak Prescott, but he's he's decent. You know, he's he's not going to be the reason that they win or lose, in my opinion. Dak, real quick, Dak or Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. What? Absolutely. Look at what they've done. Jimmy's won. Jimmy's won playoff games. Whoa, I'm I'm shocked. Jimmy's won playoff games. Look at the roster, though. Jimmy had. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll leave that for another that, time. That, quarterback range. I like Dak Prescott. He's good, but he also has an elite offensive line. Elite. Does Jimmy? Elite, elite Jimmy. around him. I disagree. I think the Cowboys have better weapons and a better offensive line. Um, They're using Zeke, and Zeke sucks. <laughs> it's, the Niners got Devo, Kittle. I like obviously the receiving core of the Cowboys is better, but Gallup's always hurt. You got a chance to win a Super Bowl with those guys. I like the experience uh, and the clutch factor that Jimmy brings. Yeah, Jimmy's a tier below for me. They all they also have to hide Jimmy though. Like, come on, <laughs> Jimmy sucks. Look, you you win the game, and Jimmy, the quarterback, is like the sixth reason you win the game. I mean that that tells you that okay, the Niners are fantastic because Jimmy does just enough to make sure that the defensive linemen can make their play, to make sure that Debo Samuel gets the yards he gets, to make sure that Shanahan can call what he needs to call. Uh, and Matt, you were a Trey Lance guy. And I think it's interesting. Again, I don't know if you're watching. Are you watching the Joe Montana documentary, by the way? Haven't, haven't gotten to it yet. Um, it is so good. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. The parallels of, first of all, Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick and Brady. And there's, there's, there's parallels there. But they're getting into Montana and Steve Young and how Steve Young was like kind of ready to go and wanted to take the reins. And Bill Walsh was kind of like his agenda was like pushing for Trey Lance. And, you know, his, his, he thought his system was going to be supreme, that it wasn't Montana. And he really wanted Steve Young. And they're going into this. And I'm like, this is crazy because this is kind of like Shanahan with Jimmy and, and Lance. And I'm not saying Jimmy is Joe Montana. 
I do love the clutch factor. The dude has kept us in freaking every single game. The Titans, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Cowboys. Like he always drives us down at the end. Uh, and he did it again with the Packers. And so back to the point, we go back to week 10 when the Niners beat the Rams the first time. And if the Jimmy loses that game, it's Trey Lance the rest of the way. I'm convinced because they would have been what three and six and they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Right. You know, the math goes back out. So that, that was the turning point. And now you're like, Oh yeah, Trey Lance would have had no chance winning these games. What I think is going to be interesting. I know I'm, I'm getting uh, all passionate here, but I think it's going to be interesting is when Trey Lance comes back, do they use Debo the same way? You know, does he still, or does Shanahan kind of like change the playbook a little bit? Um, he's such a, he's turning into a really innovative mind. I know that I've criticized him, but he's showing me a lot of, a lot of good stuff lately. So uh, Nathan, you mentioned, you know, it is very hard to beat a time, a team three times in a season. It's very difficult. I, I never, especially a team like the Rams, but I did some research and I look back. This is the sixth time in history that a team will have to play for a third time, uh, the third time being in the playoffs. And uh, it's actually three for five so far that the two and O team became three and O. So we're looking at a, a 60% odds right now. Um, so I'll take that because I would have thought if now granted the last time it happened was 99 with like the Titans in Jacksonville. Um, it's, it's different now. Uh, Stafford is a, is a tough guy to stop. Uh, I know McVeigh, especially, you know, this is different. It's six times in a row, every single game, is six times more important. You know, it's just the, the situation is magnified now. So I'm nervous for the game for sure. So I don't know if you, you want to continue to, to, if you want to kind of lead into previewing that game, I, I did want to play a clip of a fish saying Rogers was going to throw six, six touchdowns in this game. So sorry, fish, but we have to hold everybody accountable here. Um, I can see Shanahan coming up with something clever to, to compete and kind of give the Packers a run for their money. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think the Packers will win. Um, I just, Aaron Rodgers is going to be too much. I mean, he's going to throw like throw like six touchdowns, I think, and just you know torch him. That's classic, um, isn't it? Right? Uh, yeah. That nothing, no stone goes unturned on the Joe Random Sports Podcast. <laughs> the one, the one thing I will say about Jimmy and other more skilled quarterbacks is Jimmy's like. Uh, let's say the waiter at your favorite Chinese hole in the wall restaurant, he gets the job done. He gets you really good food and he gives you a chance to go home with your stomach full. A lot of these other quarterbacks, a la Matt Stafford, a lot of the young guys are like the chef at Benny Hanna. They're slicing and dicing. They're putting stuff on the side. They're making the flame go up through the onion bowl. They're giving you everything you could ask for and making the meal or making themselves the center part of the meal so it's really about what your flavor is and what your style of team is. Like, obviously, if Jimmy was a $40 million cap hit, he wouldn't be able to have the same guys around him. He, there's no chance he'd be as good as he is or as successful as he is. Um, then you get to a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's taking a $40 million cap hit. And if he doesn't go, the Packers don't go. So there's just there's different styles to this thing. And Jimmy is being asked to do so much less than uh, even a Dak or a Stafford or um, guys like that. He's your prime Bro. game manager. 
he's a he's a good game manager who sometimes gets a uh, unsettled throw for a should have been he's, he's an interception right waiting side. to happen is this how I see Jimmy G he, he's he's definitely like fringe top 15 maybe but he's can he make some of the throws that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers makes no he can't no but he's, he's not asked to either though so I mean the biggest thing with Jimmy that takes him a notch down for me from a guy like Stafford or Derek Carr is every time I see Jimmy drop back, I am a little nervous about what's going to happen. When Derek <laughs> Carr, Matt Stafford drop back, I'm like, oh, shoot, where is this ball going to go? That's the biggest difference I see. Jimmy is perfect for the Niners system, perfect for what they need. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they pivot to the Trey Lance era and what they do because um, this could be an off-season podcast, but that's a tough decision for those guys. Yeah. Man, that that uh that interception in the red zone, you know, it it always it always you're right. It, it just seems like it's happened every single game right now. Um, and again, the game probably should have been over after that. But and then oh, he should have had another one on yeah. that check down that'd be under through. That should have been a pick six. But the and, and then the Packers should have had the fumble from Ayuk. You know, well, that was a game changing play. That was, was that really was. was. Yeah, but those are the rules. It was. We would have been. We would have been at the thirty-five yard line, going into the Niners' territory. We would have had absolute the ball down the field. Probably, probably scored a touchdown on that drive with the momentum. It wasn't. It was it, by rule, though. It's not a fumble, and that's a, that's by the book. And if he catches, conversely, if he catches that ball, you know, Jimmy's stat line looks a lot better. If Kittle catches that ball, he could have go for a touchdown. Jawan Jennings, that third down, he could. So we're going to criticize Jimmy for you know his interceptions and stuff but he makes plays too that the receivers don't necessarily help him out with so i think it a couple goes big drops yeah a couple big drops and uh he's got the confidence he's got the smile he's got the swagger like nothing nothing's gonna phase him you know you never feel like you're getting to jimmy you know he, you always you always feel like he, he's in it i just yeah the game should have been over so many different times and, and getting that field goal at the end of the half or excuse me, blocking the field goal at the end of the half is clutch because they go into the half. They're happy. They're, they're like, Oh, let's go. Like it's only a one, one score game. And we had the worst half of our entire history of 49ers, um, you know, so they, they were feeling good going in the half. Meanwhile, the Packers are going into the locker room going like, Ooh, yikes. After that first drive, we, we haven't been able to get anything going like, and it's, and it's bleak and it's so, uh, this the psychology of the whole thing is is amazing to me. Yeah, I I feel like we should have been up three touchdowns at halftime, based on the first drive. We should have been. Yeah, probably. Um, if we if we had kept the same drives going, we would have been up. You know, three four possessions. Yeah, Cowboys and Packers fans love to live in the what if scenarios. I will say that. <laughs> Shanahan, but, but that's what, but that's what the, the Packers are capable of. They're they have a much higher ceiling than the Niners do. Who? Yeah, but I mean, uh, ceilings are only up there if you can reach them. <laughs> on, on the note of of turnovers and stuff, this again, the little things. Robert Tanyan going down in like week eight. Now you have Mercedes Lewis. Love the guy. It's like a fifteen year vet. Like he's been there. He's he's awesome. You love him. Uh, he fumbles the ball. And again, it just, if Robert Tanyan's in there, that it changes the whole complexion of the game. Again, and David Bakhtiari too. I mean, if he was healthy and he was playing, that changes the whole dynamic of the game. 
Yeah, but again, yeah. it's it's these these blocks, it's these fumbles, it's these. Uh, I mean, the Niners not being able to convert the fourth and one, and the game being essentially over. Like you you go through the list of things that need to happen, right? We do this every single game. The announcers do it every single game. It, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, if they if they want to win, well, they're going to have to get a stop. They're going to have to get the ball back. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to get yeah, the inside kick. And and you don't you never even think about a block punt. It's 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 just unbelievable. It it, it reminded me of the 2014 collapse in a championship game against the Seahawks. We had, we were up like 12 points with four minutes left, and the same exact thing happened. It was like we forgot to play football. We forgot how to play football in, in the most crucial times, and that's the most disappointing thing. Is is that if if you replicate what we do from the regular season into the postseason, we're an easy Super Bowl winner. You know, three more times, in my opinion. Yeah, that no, I, I just think it's funny that you have Favre and Rodgers, two of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and you only have two Super Bowls over 30 years to show for it. Uh, uh, meanwhile, the Niners are going to their 17th uh, NFC championship. That's a record, by the way. Um, so uh, sorry, Nathan, just had to, had to take a one little side blow there. Um, uh, the defense sacked Rodgers five times. Uh, I think that's a that's a big, big thing. I know you said Bakhtiari being out. Um, the Niners are a tough football team. They are going to ground grind out these games. And I think it's really, really funny to be like, you have one of the best quarterback displays we've ever seen in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The the shootout. I mean, this is this is just football porn, right? This is what everybody loves to watch. They sign up for, they pay the big bucks to see. And it is unbelievable, right? And then you have on the other side the Niners and Packers grinding out in zero degree weather you know, in a 13 to 10 showdown, like I still can't believe it. But both of those games were so good in their own right. They were just, it was just good football. You have, you know, slice and dice, right. And then you've got grinded out in the trenches and it's just the beauty of the game. Yeah. You get ugly, gross, snowy, grad and pine football and then you got this aerial assault from the other guys in the afc <laughs> man football's freaking awesome what a weekend should we talk about those guys okay before we go to the afc um let's let's talk about the nfc championship just a little bit more um yep. so we've got the niners are now uh i believe like they're nine and two in their last 11 including the playoffs they're they're road warriors this season i think they only have like two or three road losses i mean you know, what's left. You've already beat the Rams. You've, you've beat the Cowboys. You beat the Packers. Um, this is good for the Niners. Shanahan said something earlier this week that really made me kind of like, Hmm, like this is, this is good. The Niners were pretty banged up coming out of Dallas. And he said, uh, he's like, you know what? We're, we're a little bit banged up and uh, we're going to get the guys a little extra sleep this week, go a little bit lighter in practice. And I was like, Hmm, like Shanahan this, never does that. This is, this is good. This is a good sign. And, you know, I'm going to play Braden's quote here about uh, bye weeks being a problem. I feel like if you get a bye week, it's actually the worst thing for your team to help you go far in the playoffs. I actually think a bye team usually gets to say goodbye to their NFL regular season uh, because they just get out of the flow. They don't have any advantage. Sure, they get playing home field, but they – Seed two and three also get a play at home field the first week. And so then by the time 
we get to the second week of the playoffs after the bye week is done. The first seed is now rested, yes, and healthy, but they also don't have any flow to the game. They're coming up against a team that's hot, who just won a playoff team, who's very excited to be in the playoffs, who's got their team rolling. I think statistically, if you look at it, teams with buys don't do well, uh, don't really win the Super Bowl even. It's, it's very rare when that happens. You, you almost want to play week one of the playoffs. And Braden has a point here, right? Because we saw it, the Titans and the Packers, you know, the, the Packers essentially hadn't played a football game in four weeks. You know, they, they, they won the division in like week 16. They clinched the bye in week 17. So they didn't have to really play in week 18. They have the bye in week 19 and here we are in week 20 and uh, yeah, they're healthier, but at the end of the day, the Niners are, I know they're, they're coming in a little bit wonky out of the Cowboys, but they also have a couple of crazy wins under their belt. And so that to me play pays dividends um, th- this bye week. So I, I think there's some merit there. Um, and I thought another interesting thing too, was the Niners were coming in uh, going into to this game. They were on six days rest. The Rams were also on six days rest going from the Monday to the Sunday. So I was like, hmm, the Chiefs were also, no, they played Sunday night. Yeah, the Chiefs were on six days rest too. And I, and I, don't, I don't have the data on this, but I'm, I'm watching Monday night games during the season and I'm, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, the, they're going to be kind of on short rest coming into Sunday. And yet the Monday night team wins. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm all about recovery and I think it's very important. I think there's an interesting way to go about it. So uh, just a just a little side note that I had on that. Um, okay, the Rams, they just went to the top of my list and most hated teams in sports. You know, Seattle's still up there. You guys didn't didn't get away. I still hate you, Seahawks. Um, but the Rams, for freaking midway through the game, deciding not to sell tickets to anybody outside the LA area. I said, you guys are a bunch of pansies. And I'm like, you know, F the Rams. We're going to go in. Niners fans are going to show up in full force. The Rams have the worst fan base in the NFL. The absolute worst fan base. They're terrible. They've been terrible for years. They moved from L.A. to St. Louis to L.A. And And they don't have any fans. Why do you think that they have to block Niners fans? Because Niners and Raiders fans are all up and down California. They're all, I know the California is still Raiders part predominantly, but there are a lot of Niners fans who know people who are going to get tickets and they're going to show up in that game and it's going to be bang, bang, Niner gang all the way. I'm just saying that the Rams, they freaking suck. They're scared. Freaking Andrew Whitworth's wife is saying, oh, I'll buy your tickets. And my guy, Frank Gore, got the jersey right here. He's buying tickets. Joe Staley's buying tickets. Niners fans are going to show up in full force, baby. They, they adjusted the ticket stuff this af- late this afternoon after all of that. I don't backlash. care. It's done. It's done. No, I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, in terms of the game, I think the Rams win. I think, um, I think <laughs> the Rams have too much talent. They got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, two Hall of Famers. Um, they got Von Miller, a third Hall of Famer on defense. I think Jimmy has no chance. I think they're going to shut down the run. I think that defensive line is just way too dominant. And offensively, you got Cup, you got OBJ, you got Cam Akers back, you got Stafford. There's no chance the Niners can stop those guys. I mean, it's going to be really tough for the Niners to go into SoFi for a third time this year and beat those guys. 
I just don't see it happening. You know, the reason I'm laughing because all my listeners out there are probably like, like he's saying, like, it's logical, like it's right. Like he's not off the wall, but I'm laughing because he's pulling. I'm looking at him right now. He's looking at his reverse jinx all over again. Meanwhile, he's going to go behind the scenes and put money on the Niners. Uh, Rich, Matt and I, uh, we made some money on the Niners this weekend. Um, so by the put way, a, put a hundred down to win 200. Not, not a bad weekend. We, uh, we put our money where our mouth was. Um, so and I'm, I was telling Matt earlier, I'm trying to parlay a Bengals 49ers win this weekend so I can try to buy myself a Super Bowl ticket. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Nathan, I, I'm sorry, man. I know this is hard for you to listen <laughs> to. But um, all right. Um, the last thing that I'll say about the Packers is this is what Alex Rodriguez gets. You know, why are you freaking in a Packers – all giddy up i mean come on what the hell was that i mean that just they show him on there and and he was rolling out the barrel you know i'm like oh gosh i'm like i'm glad that this is this is the reason the packers lost was a rod was cheering for you guys as a yankees fan that's his de facto football team though (laughs) (laughs) oh good nathan who you got in the nfc championship well he just said well i Right. Yeah, I, I honestly think the Rams will do it, uh, mainly because of that defensive line. I think they're going to get after Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday, and uh, they might re-injure his thumb or they might re-injure his, his shoulder. Who knows? Um, and That's then we might have to guy. see Trey Lance in there. So I, I honestly think the, the Rams will, will blow them away. Uh, they're up 27-3 to three on the Buccaneers. No one, no one remembers that. It seems like no one remembers that. Um, and they're going to be at home. And I, I think the Rams, I think Stafford was magnificent against the Buccaneers. Nobody gives him credit for what he did against the, that Bucks defense. So um, I think he could do more of the same on, on uh, Sunday. And I, I think the Rams are going to host the Super Bowl. And I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I agree, Nathan. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, this is this is a joke right now. I mean, I know the Rams are favored by three and a half points, probably go down to two and a half. Um, because everybody's hot on the Niners, but you know, the Stafford didn't throw his interception, right? You know, we, we, we created Stafford lead the league interception. He didn't have that in the game against Tampa Bay, but they got their turnovers in other ways. And that was via cam acres. And that was, that was some really, really shoddy football after that first half. I'm, I'm like, Frick, like I don't want to play the Rams after the second half. I was like, Hmm, maybe I actually want the Rams. Um, so I don't think the three and O is going to make a difference. I, I think uh, the Niners uh, are such, they're just so gritty. They're going to come in. You know, nobody's seen a defense like the Niners defense this year. And no matter the Rams know them, you know, McVay knows it, but D'Amico and company are, are just, they, they, we can stop anybody. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for this game. Um, I'm excited for a gritty football game. Stafford's going to be under way more pressure than he was against that sorry Bucks defense. And I know they, they really disappointed me. I was high on the Bucks defense and uh, they couldn't do anything against Stafford. So um, no Niners are going to win this game. It's they're probably going to win by uh, it'd probably be a one possession game, but um, no, the, there's no way that the Rams win this game. Absolutely not. I disagree, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the AFC. Uh, gosh, um, first I want to play some quotes 
about uh, the Bengals. Uh, we had Josh predict the Bengals to win. Here's his quote. As Fish said, no one can really guard Jamar Chase. And, um, you know, teams with good pass rushes can kind of slow them down, you know, not giving Burrow enough time to throw. But um, are we really going to sit here and say Tennessee has the same, um, you know, pass rush that the, the Raiders do? No, we're not going to. And so um, I, I think that alone, especially if they get hot and, you know, they go up two scores or something and turn it into a shootout, um, can Tennessee really keep up with that? Um, Derrick Henry hasn't played in, what, two months, you know, so he's going to come out probably a little rusty. Um, and if there's one thing the Bengals can do, they can, you know, that they excel on defense that is slowing down the run a little bit. Bengals now have the momentum, too. Um, they're fine going on the road. You know, it doesn't phase them. This team's got a lot of swag. I don't think they really care about narratives or who's better or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see a, an upset in terms of seeding, but um, I expect the Bengals to come out with this one. We had Braden predict the Bengals to win. But I actually do think they match up very well against Tennessee. I think they beat Tennessee, um, especially with Derrick Henry not fully healthy or not playing in the last two months. Um, the reason why is Tennessee was up against up big against the Chiefs a few years ago with the healthy Derrick Henry, and they blew that game. Uh, and Tannehill's not the guy. He's proven that this year that when Henry went down, he can't win games again unless it's against the Texans. So um, I'm not really a big fan of, of Tennessee. Actually, I think they're kind of a fake. Um, and I think uh, if you look at it, the Chiefs and Bengals will be in playing for the Super Bowl. I actually like the Chiefs. And uh, we had Fish to pick the Bengals to win. That combination of Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase, I think, is is that alone is enough to, to get them through a lot of games. Um, and, you know, he's going up against Ryan Tannehill, who is good. Has, you know, people have kicked out on him, but, um, you know, he, I don't think he quite has, has the magic. Um, so I am actually taking the Bengals in the upset. And finally, we have our boy, Nathan Kuzbari, who picked the Titans to win. Yeah, Brayden, um, I think you're wrong there on the Tennessee Titans. Everyone seems to have forgotten about Ryan Tannehill. The guy has had so much playoff success. You have Derrick Henry coming back. You have potentially Julio Jones. I think this team is actually very, very good. And I, I don't see uh, the Bengals going in on a hostile road environment in Tennessee and be, taking them down. As much as I love Joe Burrow, um, I, I think they're a super young team and um, – I think that playoff experience with the Titans is something that's a huge bonus for them. And Derek Hunter is going to be coming back hungry. I mean, the guy's been out for like, what, nine, ten weeks? Don't don't tell me that he's not going to go out there and start, you know, killing people out there because he's going to be bull rushing people. He's going to be stiff-arming people to the ground. It's going to be in full force. So that was, that was Nathan. And Braden actually countered a little bit there. Um, what playoff success are you talking about with Ryan Tannehill? I don't, I don't recall him ever making it to a championship game or winning the Super Bowl. I, I don't, I don't think he's ever done anything in the playoffs. He's choked away a big lead against the Chiefs, um, and that again, I just, I, 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 and this isn't coming from a Colts fan. This is I watched him the last few weeks, and he just was helpless. He. He's not a he, he's the Miami Tannehill that we all thought he was. He just was covered by a Derrick Henry. All right, we'll leave it at that. I mean, Nathan, do you have anything on that? Are you still backing Ryan Tannehill, or are, I mean, because to me, it's pretty the jury's out. Like it's pretty clear. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's first and last pass attempt at that game were interceptions. He had three of them. Uh, so 
to me, I, I don't, I think he's not a championship quarterback. Yeah, I was, I was, I was wrong. So I'll, I'll admit that I, I was wrong there. And Tannehill is, is definitely not who we thought he was, or actually he is who we thought he was. They are because, who we thought they were. Yeah, be, because. And we let him off the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Danny Green, or not Danny Green. Um, yeah, Danny Green, yeah. De- Den- Dennis Green. That's <laughs> what you were thinking of, yeah. But, yeah, the, the Titans definitely uh, looked very anemic offensively, and, and I was wrong. And the Bengals did enough to win and give credit to Joe Burrow and that, that whole coaching staff. They did a magnificent job of, of pulling that out on the road with a rookie kicker. I mean, that was pretty clutch. He's amazing, right? Uh, McPherson. McPherson's a beast. Yeah, he, he is a beast. Was quote at the end. All right. Um, he kisses warm up, warm up kick and like, all right, we're going to the AFC championship. Uh, I thought the game was going in overtime, but you know, it's, um, it just goes to show you, you don't need a lot of time to, to get points up on the board. And I think it was a good first game of the weekend to sort of like, okay, you know, strap in, here we go. And, and so uh, credit to Bengals, uh, credit to Joe Burrow and those guys. And uh, you know, they've already beat the chiefs this year. So uh, it's a, it's a shame that the Titans couldn't get, I mean, they sacked Burrow nine times. Derrick Henry was not ready. And I mean, they relied on AJ Brown all year, right? I mean, he bailed him out of so many games. He, he bailed Tannehill out of this game to be even in it. So it's too bad the Titans' defense because they did all they could against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, man, he put the city of Cincinnati, the coaching staff, the offensive line, the defense, he put them all in a backpack and strapped it up and carried them to the conference championship. That was freaking awesome. What a performance. It's nine sacks and still win it. Part of those are – some of those are his fault holding it too long. But, um, yeah, what a performance. I got Mahomes and company trouncing them in the next round though really yeah really? Ah. i think it, i think it'll get ugly too much momentum mahomes is his back mm. wow 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 <laughs> um all right let's let's get into that a little bit then uh nathan did you have anything else on the Bengals, or do you you want to preview the matchup a little bit yeah i think the Bengals. The Bengals are kind of on a similar hot streak with the 49ers. They're riding a lot of momentum coming into this game. And the way Patrick Mahomes did look on, on Sunday, I mean, my God, he was slinging it everywhere. The, the guy was was pretty much unstoppable. He, he's looking like his, his former self. And I think the Chiefs have figured out a lot of things offensively. And it's going to be so tough for that Bengals defense to stop them. I, I kind of have similar thoughts as to – you know, they're probably going to put up 30 plus points again. I mean, can the Bengals match them score for score? I think that's the biggest storyline. So strap in for another shootout. So, Matt, you've got Kansas City. Uh, Nathan, do you yeah, have 50, 51 to 17? Whoa. Who do you have in this one, Nathan? I am going to take the Chiefs 35 31. Yeah, I've got the Bengals. You got the Bengals final score? Uh, 34 31. Okay, what what did we just watch on on Sunday night? I mean, gosh, we we just had a crazy Rams Bucks game that we're not even going to talk about that much because of how freaking good the showdown between Mahomes and 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 Allen was. We saw some of the best quarterback play I, I think we'll ever see. Matt, Patrick Mahomes throwing for 177 yards under two minutes is unheard of. It's, you get you get 13 seconds. Um, 
let's just quickly, not quickly, dive into that. What the the stupid soft coverage, the squib kick, um, Nathan? You, you're not in your head. What do you got there? I mean, I thought the Bills had this game, like for sure. I mean, after the Gabriel Davis touchdown, the first one where he was wide open in the back of the end zone, I was like, wow, okay, like the Bills, they they have that uh, that secret sauce, man. They 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 know how to get it done, and then. Tyreek Hill, boom, flashes like a cheetah and he goes down the sideline and he scores. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what the heck is happening here? There's a minute left. And then Josh Allen's like, well, F you guys, I'm just going to go back down the field and score a touchdown again. And Gabriel Davis right in the open in the middle, down the seam, touchdown with 13 seconds. I thought it was over. And the squib kick, like, what are we doing here? Like, maybe do like a pooch kick or something. That was very stupid on the Bills part. And then the vanilla coverage, like basically they were letting them, they had like 20 yards, they got guys like 20 yards downfield and they were giving them all that room. You know, I can't remember how many timeouts the Chiefs had. Did they have two timeouts? I think they had yeah. two, but yeah. And so basically they, they, they got two throws down the field and the second one, they left Ch- Kelsey wide open, which I don't know what, what the heck happened there. It was just like, it was so weird that the bills somehow at the end, were just like, all right, we're going to give them yards, but you know, we're going to keep everything in front of us. And that was such a stupid strategy on their part. And that's what ended up costing them because whoever got the ball first in overtime was going to win the game. It was pretty obvious at that point. What cost them in my opinion was the kickoff. If they just kick it in bounds and landed on the 10 to five yard line, I think there's what probably six seconds left at that point and they get it. Even if it's a decent return, Hill wasn't back there. So um, Hardman just takes it out maybe to the 25 to 35 range, and then the game's probably over. You got one shot at it at six seconds left. So, um, man, that's that was the biggest mistake for me, aside from not being able to stop anyone. But taking the place of Justin Herbert against the Raiders, the most heartbroken I've been for a single player that I did not have yeah. any skin in the game for is Josh Allen, man. What a performance that guy put on this playoffs. Mahomes as well, but Mahomes has been there and done it before. Um, obviously not to this level maybe, but Josh Allen is a one-man wrecking crew when it comes to offense. He's got he's got decent weapons, obviously, but he's got no run game. He's got an average O-line, and the man just wrecks havoc on the lead. It's, it's incredible what he, kind of player he's become. When he got drafted, I didn't think he'd be very good at all, but here we are, and I'm putting him in my top four quarterbacks. Yeah, I think Nathan and I have owning him in fantasy. We sort of have a, a little bit of, of respect for him too. Um, Josh Allen's a, he's here. He is he's a stud. Twenty five years he, old. Yeah, he's a he was. Yeah, I agree that that could not have been that again. That was one of the best performances. I mean, I think Allen actually played a little bit better than Mahomes. I mean, the stats were very similar, but. Man, all the offense. What the Bills absolutely should have squibbed the kick. I mean, we were Andrew and I were, were watching and we're like, I could see you kicking it deep, but pooch it. You know, don't don't kick it in the yeah. end. You know, and kick it high, one of those high balls. Yeah, you know, because if they field it, that at least takes <clears throat> one or two seconds off. And then if they advance yeah. it, then that might take four or five seconds off. And then you don't have the four seconds at the end of the, the game for Bucker to kick a field goal. So my goodness, uh, they let Josh Allen down. 
I, I think uh, Leslie Frazier uh, is, should, should really get fired for that. This was the, this was the, it's a fireable offense, right? It's like the special teams in Green Bay. It's you, you can, there are certain things in work, in your life, in job that you, if you do it, you, it's like an automatic firing and you're playing prevent defense for a touchdown when, when they don't need to play that, you know, it's a, and then why are they rushing for? Why are they rushing? Romo said on the broadcast, I was like, I'm like, you don't need to rush four guys. You could rush two if you really wanted to. And so this isn't, this is a Bills defense who's given up what 17 points a game, the supposed to be the best defense in the league. You have freaking uh so Tremaine Edmonds, he had a good day. He's he's been a great linebacker for him. That but you have Jordan Poyer. And, and he had a, he had a, I mean, there was some big, big coverage blowns that Tyreek was toying with them. You know, you have, you have uh, Micah Hyde, you know, your old buddy, Nathan. I mean, these are not slouches on defense. <laughs> I mean, these are not, this is, a, I, and, and again, little things matter. They were missing Tredavious White. This is a $16 million player that you don't get to replace. And so all of these little things play into it. I'll segue that. And I know you got to get going here. We're running out on time, but the overtime rules, right? Everybody says like, Oh, like, why are you complaining about the rules? Blah, blah, blah. Like, like just get a stop, just stop them. And I'm like, okay, like I can, I can get behind that. But when Matt, you bring up the data that they're like 10 and O or really 11 and O, you know, and, and overtime when the Saints, first Rams asterisks, yeah, when the team wins a coin toss, they're pretty much undefeated in the playoffs. And for multiple reasons, it doesn't mean they score necessarily on the first possession, but at least they score on the second possession, et cetera. Uh, because quarterback play in the playoffs is so good that it doesn't matter how good your defense is in a lot of cases. And, and again, Josh brought up other points like, well, you know, it's all about the coordinators getting their playmakers and spaces and taking advantage of matchups. And it's like, you're like, all right, we got four plays, like, let's get it done. Let's, let's, let's go. And so uh, to me, the get a stop argument is irrelevant. Now I know the bills had two chances to stop them and they didn't. And that's yes, the bills are f- completely to blame for that. But in what other sport are the rules that much different in overtime, right? In NBA, you play a five-minute overtime, and it's just the regular game. It's just an extra five minutes. In soccer, before you go to PK, you can get into PKs as a whole other thing, but before you get to PKs, you already play 30 minutes of overtime. So it's like, okay, like after that, I could see penalty kicks, like we just need to get this game over with. Um, But in football, in baseball, in baseball, each team gets a chance. You get three outs apiece. You keep going. It's it's almost, and now it's kind of like college overtime, right? I'd I'd almost compare college football to to now baseball starting a runner on second versus college college football starting on the twenty five yard line. I actually like it for certain reasons, but we won't have to get into that right now. Um, And what other overtime game is it like? "Eh, Well, you might get a possession. You might get a chance. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm not living in an era. I mean, we are living in an era that, oh, we need to give, you know, trophies to everybody and we need to, we need to give everybody a fair chance and I, I, participation I'm, medals and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily on board with that. Um, I'm not going to go sit here and say, oh, it's not fair. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to say that it, it doesn't make sense. You, you have to give, there has to be some, some sort of equal opportunity, right? 
So I don't know. That's that's my yeah, take. Yeah, I, I like, think I think that the overtime rule should be each team gets a possession. It doesn't matter if you score a touchdown whoever has the first possession, right? If you score a touchdown, the other team can get back down the field and score a touchdown too, and then they just keep playing. I just they, say they, play I, the 10 minutes. Play the 10 yeah. minutes or however long yeah. you want to play. Yeah. I say they do the same format, but they get sort of a rebuttal. I really like what Josh had to say. I would tweak it a little bit. I would say if a team – if you score a touchdown in overtime, you have to go for two. You can kick your field goal if you want, but if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two um, and vice versa. Let's say first team scores touchdown, go for two, get it. Um, then the other team come down, they have to match a, a touchdown and a two-point to match it and so on and so forth. I mean, we used um, to have two overtimes to settle games. That used to be the old rule. So it's like, you know, they got to give these guys – more of a chance yeah i, I totally agree it, yeah like, it, just, it just can't be a coin flip it can't be no and in a game like this it was basically a coin flip because whoever was going to get the ball was going to score and it was pretty obvious so yeah i, I think they gotta definitely tweak the, the overtime rules i mean it's you said you pulled up the stat that they're 10 and 0 11 and 0 in the playoffs with whoever gets the ball first yeah it's it's pretty obvious yeah and to see like the takes of just get it stopped is such such an old head take to be like oh go stop them but there's a hundred percent data that says if if in the playoffs uh team wins the toss they win so yeah not to mention like everybody wanted to see josh allen respond i mean (laughs) we want to see we want to see the best players with the ball in their hand and for that for that just not to happen at the end of probably the best game of all time um, yeah, it's one of the was, best playoff games of all time, I, I think, for sure. I mean, it was even better than the Chargers-Raiders game, I think. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw even better football. We saw some great football week 18, and we saw some even better football in this week, which was amazing. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of close the show here, but Josh Allen was 9-0 and in coin tosses before that that game, and he was 0-2 in that game in coin tosses. I mean, isn't Law that- of averages. Isn't that insane? It's <laughs> gosh. I mean, it's I like th- I think. Yeah, I think he'll end up better than Jim Kelly. Bold prediction there. <laughs> hey, I mean, gosh, I, and I, we talked about this a long time ago. Like poor Bills fans, you know. It's the line. Like I think Josh or Rich, they they were having a debate. Like you know the. They, it's better to have loved than lost versus like the lions can't even get a date on Tinder. Um, but it, it's, it's like the bills like to lose and, and Andrew just watched the four falls of Buffalo. He was telling me that it's a, it's a pretty good special on, on ESPN plus um, the, <laughs> like they knew they were going to lose the fourth Super Bowl. Like, it's just like to go through all of that heartache to me matches up there with like the Browns and the lions just, Oh, so there we it's go. Like what, it's like Cleveland sports too. You know, it's yeah. just like they, they just go through so much heartbreak and they, they can't win or, or like Atlanta, you know, so much heartbreak there too. All right. Last thing, final Super Bowl predictions here. Uh, Rams over Chiefs because the Rams have the far superior team in all aspects of the game. <laughs> Nathan. I actually, I, I think it's, sadly, I think it's going to be Chiefs Rams and the Chiefs will win. I think they're going to be win two out of three. Mm. Okay, we shall see. We shall see. Well, man, 
Uh, Nathan, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you kind of uh, being a good sport here and, and dealing with our, our shots. I know it, it hasn't been easy, but hopefully this was helpful for you in, in recovering. We know how hard it is to lose these games. Um, so um, I, I really hope you, you get better this week. No, thanks for having me on. And like you said before the show, it's like good therapy. And, and I just let some more things out. So, you know, honestly, I... I have nothing but love for the Packers. My undying love for them will never change, and, and that, that's all- one fact. That's that's one ahead, fact man. that will that that will always remain the same. No matter how many heartbreaks I go through with them, I, I still love them in the end. So that that that's my take on it. Pretty soon you'll only have love, and Nathan, I can I can tell you this. We appreciate <laughs> you having on. Hey, you know. Jordan Love might be the answer. Who knows? And, you know, if we have him for the next 10, 15 years, I'll be as happy as a plan because, you know, he'll be one of the elite quarterbacks. So, absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, all you Joe Randoms and everybody else out there listening. Uh, Gosh, a lot of good episodes coming up for you. So, we'll see you guys next time.